0: and welcome to FF Plus, a spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm Aaron, one of your hosts, and with me today is Feelin' Film contributor, Coles Davis. Man, thank you for coming on the show again.
1: Hey, it's always great to be here. How's your evening going?
0: You know, it's going. It's Mm -hmm. definitely going. I was expecting to be watching our Los Angeles Lakers putting through the first round by eliminating the Portland Trailblazers tonight in Game 5 of the NBA playoffs, but that has not happened, obviously. Uh, If you're listening to this on Thursday, you'll know that on Wednesday, uh, many NBA teams boycotted playing their playoff games. Who knows, maybe they'll be doing that tomorrow night as well, but MLB teams, some of them followed, and some MLS teams as well, in protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake, wisconsin and i for one am extremely happy about it um i gotta say as much as i love basketball Coles, if what they're doing can push a police reform bill through a state legislature even one day sooner than it would have been then whatever they do is worth it in my opinion
1: Yeah, I would say that this is the best example of using your platform, especially if it's an elevated platform like the athletes have, to um, push a message, to um, stand up for something. And like I said, sometimes um, the real world sometimes is bigger than sports, you know, it's bigger than what we're currently doing. And sometimes, you know, if it means taking away something that we enjoy to bring our focus to something more urgent, then that's what it takes. And I salute all the players, teams, athletes, and the organizations who are supporting this new movement and are willing to put some action behind it instead of just words.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, they've tried words. (laughs) These players Mm -hmm. have been vocal. They've worn statements on their jersey and they've done everything they could do from afar while in a bubble to try and bring attention to these racial injustice issues. And so they just, they finally got fed up and they said enough is enough. And it's just, I I have so much respect uh, for people who are willing to do that, willing to put a paycheck aside and say, this matters more. And and I hope that that inspires others as much as it does me and obviously you as well. So yeah, so I mean, I'm sort of like torn tonight. You know, I kind of miss my basketball, but at the same time, I'm so proud that it's okay. And whenever it comes back, it comes back and we'll get on with that at that time. But I'm excited as well to talk about some movies. So we are going to be discussing the upcoming release Bill and Ted Face the Music here in a little bit. That'll be our spoiler-free thoughts. But first, I thought we would kick this off with a little bit of reaction to the DC Fandom event that took place this past weekend. And this was their first ever virtual con. So This is kind of like a D23 event that Disney has put on for years, but the first time that DC's done something like this, it feels like it was in response to Comic-Con. It's sort of like a, a way to take their material and put it online for their fans, and by all accounts, this was a smashing success. I saw online today reports that there was like 20 plus million people watching these trailers and this, these reveals that DC was putting out over the weekend. I I don't know if they can replicate this every year, Cales, because it definitely, I think, has to do with the material that they're bringing. And every year is not going to have a new Batman film. And let's be honest, a new Batman film and the Justice League Snyder cut. These are things that bring an insane amount of hype, (laughs) but it worked this year. Perfect storm, really cool event. And let's just run through some of these trailers, because I want to know what you thought about these. So we're going to start with Wonder Woman 1984. We get a new trailer for the film. It's not our first. This one is not set to an 80s synth soundtrack. It's kind of more of a traditional trailer. (laughs) Uh, What did you think of this one? Did it change your expectations for the film at all?
1: Um. Not really. Um, I still feel the same way about the film. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I am a big fan of the first film outside of the third act. You know, I feel that Gail Godot is perfect for this role. Um, I feel that Patty Jenkins has done very well bringing this famous superhero to the screen. And I know that as long as she's behind the helm and Gail Godot's in this role, this series will continue to do very well. Um, as far as the film, I do hope that they do answer the question of how Steve Rogers comes back and right? the way that they're, yes. <laughs> Cause when I saw him in the trailer, I was like, wait a minute, I thought that Steve was gone. And you know, so I hope that they explain that right away and I'm excited to see Cheetah. You know, um, like I said, like I told you before we started recording, I'm still trying to educate myself on everything DC, but seeing the trailer and seeing Cheetah in action, I think that she's going to be a formidable villain. For Wonder Woman and the golden suit, like that was the um, jaw dropping moment for me, you know, outside of um, Wonder Woman using her rope to lasso lightning and everything. Oh, that um, was every, sick. everything <laughs> that looks was sick. looks groovy. You know, I can't wait for it.
0: <laughs> groovy. Look at you. You're like falling right into this 80s aesthetic <laughs> yes. like it's nothing. You know, the Steve Rogers thing is hilarious. Like I have no doubt that they'll be able to explain it. You know, he's probably Captain America cryo froze or something who knows but the thing that's hilarious is in one of the lines in the trailer he specifically called out how she hasn't aged a day and, I, and i'm like you look the same too bro like you, you you know like chris pine you haven't really aged either so it's a you know i eh, got a little bit of suspension of disbelief there i was not blown away by this trailer by any means it's fine i'm i mean i'm hyped for the movie i think the movie will be good the lightning lasso was cool. The anytime she uses her lasso, like the moment where she's like spinning it around in a circle and using it to like block bullets and stuff, like th- that's awesome. Just visually, those are fantastic things to see. I was not high on Cheetah. I'm a little concerned because Kristen Wiig is a comic actress and. I just I the seriousness on her face on in every scene in this trailer it it just doesn't look right yet to me and I'm sure it's one of those things where you know once we see the context of the film and she's introduced and she we have time to get used to that character I'm sure I'll probably like it but it was weird for me and then the suit I I just uh the CGI has me a little nervous some of the CGI in the first film was pretty wonky too so I'm really hoping that they clean that up but you know, e- either way, I think that the ceiling is h- high, the floor is low. I I don't even know what my own, like, comparison <laughs> here is. Basically, I don't think this movie is going to suck by any stretch of the imagination. I think that the expectations or the, the odds of it being fun and entertaining are pretty darn high, uh, at the worst. So, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. I don't need to see anything else, basically, either. I'm kind of, like, whatever. Just i'm ready for them mo- it would have been out by now so if it wasn't for the covid we'd already seen this movie
1: so much would have been out by now <laughs>
0: uh, it's it's depressing well something that wouldn't be out by now is dwayne johnson's black adam this is in the shazam universe kind of i think i don't really know much about black adam did you get a chance to check out the little teaser for this I did,
1: but I'm I'm in the same position as you. I'm I'm lost because I really don't know anything about Black Adam. The all I do know is the connection to Sazam, and I know that The Rock he finally has his superhero film. I mean, it was only a matter of time. I mean, this man's been playing like regular like superheroes in a lot of his other films. So This is due time for him to get his own superhero um, helm film, and I'm excited to see where he takes it. Like, I have a feeling it's going to be maybe cheesy in the same vein as Shazam, but a good kind of cheesy. And the action, uh, I hope, is dope. The cinematography looks great going by the motion comic that they released. So I'm just ready to see more stills before I can really give a full grade on it, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, the motion comic, I actually really like motion comics. There's one about iron man that was put out a while back by marvel that is phenomenal it's it's based on the extremist storyline and then there's a motion comic short film called the eye of indra that tells a a story in the uncharted video game universe that i absolutely love so i I like this style and i think it was really perfect for this kind of a teaser reveal i'm don't really know anything else about it you know he looks cool he -hmm. sounds like the rock again a little concerned that he's played so many different quote-unquote superheroes in real life that it's just gonna feel like it's Hobbes wearing a costume or you know so I I don't know how he differentiates that's a real challenge when someone steps into a superhero role that is as prolific as an actor as The Rock but again I'm sure he'll knock it out of the park as far as entertainment value and it'll be a lot of fun. He certainly has the passion and I'm excited to see what he does with it. It was a cool first look. Another first look we got was James Gunn's Suicide Squad. We got a really flashy cast and character reveal trailer. So what did you think about that?
1: Outside of the Batman, uh, my excitement for this film was Above the clouds. Uh, I feel that this is the Suicide Squad film we should have gotten four years ago when we were all well, I'm not saying all because I know that there's some stands out there. But most of us were disappointed with how Suicide Squad came out. Um, And it was influenced by the reaction that came from Batman versus Superman. So I'm excited that James Gunn, the guy behind the Guardians of the Galaxy, he'll be able to bring his own flavor, his own flair, his style, and his penchant for comedy slash drama to the, um, the series. It looks very goofy, wacky how it should be, but I'm excited just to see like how these characters just match all together and who will be the first one to go, because I'm not finding myself getting attached to any of these characters soon. Like Maybe Harley Quinn, maybe Deadshot, maybe Polka Dot Man, but these other characters— not so much. It'll be interesting to see which ones go down first.
0: <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. Anytime there's like this big of a cast with this many kind of side superheroes or side villains that are not major ones that everyone knows, you some of them are going to die. Like, And I think that's awesome because one of the problems with Suicide Squad in general can be that if you're going to try and tease a story that hinges on us being concerned or us believing that at any moment this bomb could go off in these people's neck if that never happens then the threat of that just feels completely false and yes basically with James Gunn's history and you know going back before Guardians of the Galaxy he's got some some smutty movies I, I can see this having some incredible head explosions. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I think it's going to happen. That polka dot man has me fascinated, man. I was reading about him today, and one of the things I read said his costume, the polka dots in, this, in the comics, these spots can come off of his costume to be used as weapons or transportation. What does that even mean? Like, how do you, I don't even know. I don't know what that means, but I can't wait to see it. John Cena is in this as this guy called Peacemaker, who has this... a real Judge Dread feel to him it's got uh, all kinds of people Michael Rooker is in it his brother Sean Gunn is playing another as an animal he's playing this character called Weasel that looks pretty interesting we got Idris Elba in this cast as a guy named Bloodsport who I'd never even heard of you got Peter Capaldi one of the Doctor Who actors playing this character called the Thinker I mean I mean there's just so many characters in this movie Um, And it's really diverse, too, which is awesome. There are all sorts of like men, women, different cultures represented. I think this is going to be awesome, man. I think it's going to be so much fun. And I think him using so many characters that we're not familiar with is going to end up becoming a real positive to this film because he has a blank slate in which to tell a story. And there are diehard fans out there that are going to know who these people are. But for the average DC moviegoer, they're not going to have a clue. And when you mm-hmm. are able to kind of have that sort of canvas to paint on, he can do anything he wants with it without being as beholden to like the righteousness of fandom. And I think that that's a big positive. But yeah, th- this was cool. It was cool to see. I'm I'm excited. I'm more excited for this than I have been before it. And that's the point of the thing, right? Yeah. Well, the two big daddies, we'll start with Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer. We get the final, I don't know if it's the final, but we finally get a trailer uh, of cut-together footage that looks, some of which is the exact same. It feels like it doesn't really have that much of a difference to it. You know, I want to know what you thought about this. Specifically, a couple things. It's in a square format. How did that work for you? And then also, this trailer is set to the song Hallelujah, and I wondered, you're shaking your head, so that starts to tell me how you feel about it, but yeah, what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, the trailer was very weird to me. Um, It felt like I was watching a replay of the first Justice League film with so many of the shots. I was expecting to see all new footage, but I'm seeing reused footage, and I'm seeing a little bit of the new footage. Like I'm excited to see them dig deep into the Cyborg origin story, which I thought we were going to get in the first one, but ended up getting cut out and the one thing that has me interested in this is because of that additional footage like i'm hoping that it's at least better than the first film because the i mean the original cut was just it was dreadful I, i remember sitting in that theater on a november night with my girlfriend and we were sitting there just looking at the screen like Why is this not entertaining us? Like, why are we not, you know, clapping? Why are we not laughing? And I'm hoping that Zack Snyder, he can repay us with a better version of this film. But in my heart of hearts, I'm not really too excited about it. I have a feeling that it's not really going to do anything for my original opinion of the first film. So we will just have to see how that goes. As far as the hallelujah, I I have one quip to say. I wish that these trailers would stop using popular songs and drowning them out into a dramatic, more emo emo-like approach to them. I, I saw a commercial just yesterday, this this car commercial where a person was using I Will Survive, the disco song. They turned to I Will Survive. Like
0: The I, remix. I,
1: yes, the remix. <laughs> the remix that I didn't know that I needed, that I didn't ask for happened. It then <laughs> And the Transformer films even used to do this, where they took Louis Armstrong's It's a Wonderful World and they turned it into a auto tunic also just dramatic ballad. And it's like, why are we doing this? Why, why do we need this? What happened to using original scores? What happened to, to just using a song in its correct pitch tone? Like these songs are just used for people to for make these things go viral, you know, for people Mm -hmm. to say, hey, they use this popular song here, you know, I'm gonna download to my Spotify. So I understand where where the trailer makers are going with this, but doesn't do anything for me. It's it's not gonna make me more interested in your film. It's like, oh wow, a nice nicely cut trailer, cool, but let's see your (laughs) final let's see your final product. Let's see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, and I don't understand the square format. Like, I just that felt so unnecessary, and it felt. Just, I don't know, excessive and almost everything about this trailer to me screamed middle finger and Zack Snyder being like, look, I'm giving you the trailer and everything about me having gone through what I went through to put this movie out. I'm going to do it all in the weirdest way possible or in the most unorthodox way possible. The Hallelujah song choice is absolutely purposeful and it's a little more so than just using the pop song that we usually see. The reason for this one, I think, is because Zack Snyder was maligned for using this song in a critical love scene in his previous superhero film, Watchmen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He got a lot of crap for that. I think it's a fantastic use in that film. I think it's hilarious (laughs) at the time. And it works really well for me. But he definitely is, I think using that as a way of being like, ha ha ha, you thought it didn't fit in that movie. Check out this trailer. <laughs> and the other reason, one of our listeners, uh, Curry Morris, actually pointed this out on Facebook somewhere, I think. I hope I'm quoting the right listener. If I'm not, my bad. But he said something about how, like, think about it in terms of the song. The song is about hallelujah, right? Like, This is like Zack Snyder singing a praise song that his movie is finally coming out. Like, he Mm. finally is having the ability, hallelujah, we have a Justice League Snyder cut. And, you know, when I thought about it in those terms, I was like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of meta. Like, I can get behind that. I would like a real trailer at some point. This doesn't feel like a real trailer to me. Like, I would like a real one with more new footage. Coles, they said this thing is going to be four hours long. It's supposed to be four one-hour episodes or you can watch it as a four-hour film that is twice the length of the original Justice League film so where's the new footage like if you're saving it for me I'm cool with that I guess but yeah I kind of like some teases we did get a look at the new villain designs we get to see Darkseid make a return here which he looks great I will Mm -hmm. say and also Steppenwolf Steppenwolf actually looks sort of Sick and terrifying to me. He looked terrible in Joss Whedon's version. I don't know what was going on with him in that movie, but yeah, I I really like the design of him here. I'm hopeful. I wanted this movie to be so epic and so, you know, Infinity War esque in its scope and it wasn't. And I think that this has the potential for it to be that way. I I don't think it's going to, I think, unfortunately, I think it will get compared to Infinity War. And I don't think that's fair because of the way the two universes built themselves. You just can't hit the same beats as that film. But I think in terms of just scope, it it can definitely get more on that level with its four hour running time. I'm excited. I'm glad it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I want to see more. I want to see more from it. What I also want to see more from, and I'm excited that we got something from, is the next film solo film in my favorite character's franchise history. So we get the first look at Matt Reeves' The Batman. And most of the internet seems to be exploding in approval of this. How did you feel about this trailer?
1: It was a dream. This is the Batman film I have been praying for this whole time. You know, it had the David Fincher vibes, the darkness, the grittiest, you know, the grittiness. It had... You know, it just had everything that I would want from a story involving Bruce Wayne. I mean, when you strip back and look at the comic book character, Batman is a troubled and he's a disturbed character. You know, he's a psychopath. I mean, this is a billionaire who dresses up at night to go out and... Dispatched villains, you know, in the most brutal way. I mean, there's a scene in the trailer where we see Batman just go to town on this one guy. It, it, he beat him down so bad that there's a shot of one of the guys who's in the gang who's looking at who's looking at his beat. He's taking it in, and a tear is rolling down his eye. That's what I want to see. Luckily, there were no cuts during that scene either. Like it was just a full-on beating showing it. You know, the cast is amazing. I mean, we have we have Zoe Kravitz, we have Jeffrey Wright. We have Colin Farrell, who doesn't look
0: anything like Colin Farrell. No, he does not. Give him the I mean, makeup Oscar already. <laughs>
1: yes, the prosthetics. And I heard that he had gained some weight for this role as well. So good job for him. And Paul Dano, who always plays these creepy, you know, kind of psychopathic characters. I'm glad that he's in this as the realer. Perfect choice for that. Matt Reeves, who was a part of one of the best trilogies we've had in the last decade with the Planet of the Apes. He's writing and directing this. I, I'm, I trust him. He's one of those few writers, directors that has my full trust it's amazing. You know, I love the, I love the score, the music they were playing. I love, I just really just love the look. It just, everything just looks dark. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm one of those guys who hates like, you know, like Marvel films and the way they look with like the bright colors. I love that. But I feel that for a story involving a guy who's going through so much, who's seen his parents die in front of him, who's now facing, you know, internal pain, you know, and trying to work his way through it because this takes place in year 2. You know, this is not even fully the Batman that we know, the K Crusader. He's still a work in development. So that's going to be great to see. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I would give this trailer a A+ if I could. And I and to to know that this is only 25% done and we still have right. yet to see it's amazing.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. They're still filming, yeah, or well, they will be, I guess once they get a chance to. I think they might be starting back up soon. I can't remember, but yeah, it's it. I agree with you and it it always excites me to see a new take on Batman. And I don't even mean new in the sense that it's never been done before. There have been somewhat similar explorations of the character, but it definitely looks new enough or different. enough. I don't remember seeing a Gothic (laughs) Batman and, and Pattinson has this emo gothic look to him and not just because of the eyeliner that definitely helps but he just feels like he's in that dark world like you you said it perfectly he is visually expressing the way that Batman and Bruce Wayne is wrestling with those demons right now and you mentioned year two there is going to be a prequel series on HBO that is gonna dive into Batman Year One, which is one of my favorite Batman stories. There's an animated film. I just happened to, like, rewatch it last night, actually. I absolutely love it. And one of the characters in that story, Batman Year One, is a guy named Officer Stanley Merkel, who is James Gordon's partner. And he is, we found out, going to be in this movie, played by Barry Keegan, who is not a nobody. So... I'm really excited to see what kind of twists are going to happen with that character and what he is going to be there for, what, what his role is going to be. So yeah, I, I loved the trailer. I've watched it six, seven, eight times so far. Uh, as I've watched it on my TV in 4K. I've watched it on my laptop so I can watch it really close and detailed. It looks amazing. And yeah, Pattinson's going to bring it. I, it. just It's so much fun to see new Batman. I gotta be honest, like, I like all of them. I'm, I don't get into this whole, like, oh, who's the best Batman? I mean, I could probably tell you one I like the most, maybe, but I like what they all bring. I like what Batflick brings. I like what Bale brings. I like what Keaton brought, you know? I like some of the animated Batman stuff. Kevin Conroy is awesome. Like, so what? It's okay for us to like more than one Batman, (laughs) and I think we can like Pattinson, too. All right, well, let's jump and get into the review. So, Bill and Ted Face the Music. This is going to be on demand and in theaters on August 28th, starring Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Samara Weaving, which is a little bit odd because I don't feel like Samara Weaving's role is really that big and I was a little surprised to see her in this, to be honest. Uh it is directed by Dean Parasot and again, it's the third film in the Bill and Ted trilogy. The synopsis goes like this. Once told that they'd save the universe during a time-traveling adventure, two would-be rockers from San Dimas, California find themselves as middle-aged dads, still trying to crank out a hit song and fulfill their destiny. Sounds really epic. And then we got this movie. Now, before we get into your thoughts on this, you, my friend, had not seen the original two Bill and Ted movies until... I think earlier this week when you got a chance to check those out. So how were you feeling about this series going into this movie?
1: Well, everyone has heard the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um Dr. Jekyll is the um he's the, the, the nice man, the nice guy that you see. You know, the one that you can walk into the street and have a conversation with, then Mr. Hyde is the guy that you avoid, you walk away from. Like you just you just don't try to interact with it at all because he might hurt you, he might kill you. So bill and ted's excellent adventure i love i really liked it you know i'm a history nerd i'm a history buff so i did like that the story focused on these guys these two stoners well they're not really stoners but dude bros who go through time to gather back these historical figures to help them with their school report yes the plot is ridiculous it's very weird but the film leans into it and i like how it does it you know um it was great seeing a young um, John Wick. You know, it was great seeing him, and I did like the chemistry between the two leads. Then we move on to a bogus journey, and um, it was very bogus. <laughs> the You know, the title says it for itself. Um, one of the worst sequels I've ever seen. I mean, it just—it goes crazy, and then it just turns that level to a hundred times more. Like, it's scattershot. It's random. It doesn't make any sense. It just— it kind of ruined my hype for this new film. But I did tell myself that there's no way that the new film could be as worse as this. So that those are my thoughts heading into this. I, I wasn't too excited, but I knew it would at least be better than A Bogus Journey.
0: You hoped. <laughs> you hoped. Uh, yeah, you know, I grew up with the two films, and I don't remember them super fondly. I'm, I remember Excellent Adventure, better than bogus journey because I watched it more as a kid and I rewatched them both before this third movie. And I kind of came out in the same place you are. I really liked excellent adventure. And it was the history aspect, the idea of going back in time to get these different characters to complete a history project. It just, there's something tangible about that, that uses the time travel mechanic, not as the main, I mean, it's, It's the way in which they're getting these characters, but the point of the movie is their budding friendship and the way that they rely on each other and they love each other. It's just a great male friendship movie and a cool, fun history lesson on the side. And then there's, it happens to have a time travel element. And like you said, Bogus Journey, dude, when I rewatched it, I couldn't get through it. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was terrible. It was, I wanted, I actually saw your review and I was like, I don't give anything one stars. It's very rare. Very, very rare. And I was like, it can't be that bad. Kales is like overreacting to this movie. (laughs) And he you weren't overreacting. It is so awful. And it just, it is nuts for the sake of being nuts. And it loses the charm of the two characters because there's so much wackiness going on that you never really get a chance to get locked into them. So like you, I actually kind of dropped my hype for this quite a bit going in. I was like, uh uh-oh, because if we go that direction, I'm not going to like it. So there we were. We got Bill and Ted face the music. We checked it out. Spoiler free. But I have a couple questions. Like, tonally for you, how do you feel like it compares to the first two movies in the trilogy?
1: For me, I feel that this film is kind of like a sandwich of the first two films. Like, there's elements of Excellent Adventure in there, and there's also elements of Bogus Journey. You know, we're seeing a lot of characters reunite. There's a lot of fan service modes for people who are big cult followers of the series, which there are. They will love this film for a lot of the fan service modes that it gives us. It feels like that this is truly the last time we will see these two characters. So there's a bit there's a bit of heartwarming aspect to it. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to draw me to tears, but you can clearly see that these are two guys who still are kind of stunted, living in their past year. You know, they're still trying to make music, trying to make that song to unite the world, but they have adult responsibilities. You know, they have two kids, they have kids, they have wives, and, you know, their marriages are falling apart, and, you know, they're finding it hard to really figure out why am I, why are we still making music? You know, should we really be doing it? Should we finally just like give it up, sell our instruments and just go to living regular adult lives? And then you get the aspect of time travel coming back and now they, they get the inspiration to make the song that's going to unite the world, which for me, I, at the end, it just comes all together and it feels kind of like very cheesy and cheeky, very ridiculous. But For anybody who is a big fan of this, they will love it. They will see this series end out on a high note. And I can say that some of the funniest parts of it work really well. Then other parts of it, maybe cringe. And I feel that Keanu and Alice Winter, you know, they are very seasoned. They're kind of old. So, you know, the delivery, the dude bro accents kind of don't really have the same power, but they have, they had their heart into it. And I did like that. It felt like that they really were invested in this. They weren't doing this just for an easy check because this movie had been in development since the late nineties and it had been put on the shelf so many times. And now they were able to bring it back. It felt like more of a stream situation of an Incredibles two. You know, the first Incredibles comes out of two thousand four and then all this time has passed and then we finally get a sequel. So those don't really age too well. But I felt with this it's not that bad. Um it's if I had to give it something, I would maybe give it two stars, but with a little bit of um some cake icing on there. You know, it it, <laughs> it has its <this> moments.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's definitely, for me, it felt like it was much more bogus journey than Excellent Adventure. And there are some characters that come back in this film from previous films. There are some plots that sort of try to get wrapped up, if you were. And there are some plots that sort of get repeated as well. And, you know, you mentioned, so they have wives, they have these two daughters, one of which is played by Samira Weaving, which I really have nothing to say about because she's not given anything interestingly unique to do. The setup made me initially interested. You know, the idea of, okay, we know that they're going to have to make the song to unite the world. That's always been the thing, right? The whole hook through the whole series. But this added plot, this added struggle of being good husbands and their wives questioning whether or not they can continue in this relationship and whether or not it's good for them and then ultimately their daughters like also wanting to be a part of helping them complete this goal those were interesting ideas what didn't work for me is that I don't feel like any of them really got explored after they got introduced they they got they brought up and then we we see is the kind of flow of the film you'll see these three different couples, if you were time traveling to do different things and come back together in order to try and complete this task, um, ultimately. And, and with everything, you know, wrapping up in, you know, hopefully a a positive way. And it just, man, I, it felt so flat to me. I didn't care, honestly, about the relationships in the way that I feel like I had to care about them. And it's, it's one of the problems with this, t- this style of humor is you can't just take two people and be like, Hey, they're married. You need to care about this and tell me you got to build that up and you got to, you got to show it to me. And especially with a relationship where these guys essentially kidnapped these girls out of. 14th or 15th century England and brought them to the present and they just had, they just made them their wives. Like it's not exactly the most PC story in the first place. <laughs> and so it's kind of odd. It's just kind of odd for me. Uh, and what it ended up, it felt a lot like this was an attempt for Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves to play dress up. And I know that I'm not going to spoil any specifics, but this is a movie where, you know, it's time travel movie. So you would imagine that at some point, just like in the past films, they come across themselves. All I will say is that they come across themselves in many different scenarios that plays like uh, almost like a, an improv comedy sketch and somebody coming out in different kind of outfits and different kind of ways. And pretty much none of that worked for me. It, it was just annoying. And so I was No, I was not into it at all, and I really didn't like it. I think when it comes to the ending, I guess I enjoyed it, but I don't know that it made any sense or felt earned to me, uh, so I, I'm not high on this at all. I, I agree with what you're saying, though. I do think that if you're a fan of both films, you're pretty certainly going to like this one. Um, because it's the same thing <laughs> and that you know I, I guess that's okay so in that regard I guess it would succeed in the sense that it's continuing on the tradition do you feel like it closes out the trilogy well
1: I hope it does uh, I, I don't I don't see where else it could go really with the story I mean Keanu and uh, the other guy you know they're they're getting up in age you know and I feel that this is just something that hey you know we miss each other. You know, I think it's time let's let's do one last get together. Let's do one last ride. You know, it, it felt like a it felt like to me like a bad boys for life kind of vibe. You know, where you get these two guys, you know, we've seen them before in the 90s and you know, we've seen the sequels and these characters are beloved in some circles, so it's like, hey, let's get these guys back together for one last ride. Let's see how we can go out on top. So, I feel like if you're going from that aspect of the film, these guys do go out in a good, high fashion. It's just that the ending—no um, spoilers here—but the song that's supposed to unite the world, uh, I was hearing it, and it felt like a kaleidoscope of just different musical styles, and it was ugly, ugly. <laughs> I mean, I was like, "This is supposed to unite the world? Then um, is there any—is there any world after this?" <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's no wonder the world, you know, comes falls apart, right? Yeah, it—it's it, not that great you would kind of expect a movie that is going to be hinging upon a concept of a song that unites the world after three movies to have a song that is memorable. And it's not in any shape or form, it makes sense. What you just said about it makes sense within the story of how we get to that point. But that doesn't make it a good song. And that's a bummer. Like, <laughs> it's a bummer. That's all I'll say It's a bummer. But yeah, so I, you know, take it or leave it. If you're a Bill and Ted fan, again, of both movies, I think you'll like this. And Coles agrees. If you didn't really care for Bogus Journey at all, then you're going to have a hard time with this one. And if you don't like either one of them, then just please, just nothing to see here. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> Skip this completely because you're not going to have fun with it. Well, last up before we wrap up, uh, we have another contest this time for a movie called The Vanishing. So The Vanishing is a film that is now available on VOD. It stars Anne Hesch and Thomas Jane, and it is a gripping psychological thriller. Um, it's directed by Peter Fassanelli, and it's about a family vacation that takes a terrifying turn when two parents discover that their young daughter has vanished without a trace. Stopping at nothing to find her, the search for the truth leads them to a shocking revelation where nothing is what it seems. In this intense thriller, you can own or rent The Vanished, either one on digital, and you can watch it at home tonight. It's rated R, it's from Paramount, and it's available. We have five digital codes of this film to give away, and we will be posting this contest on Twitter. So if you want to follow us on Twitter at FeelinFilm, that's F E E L I N F I L M, and you can retweet the giveaway tweet for a chance to win one of those five codes. It's as simple as that. Well, Coles, where can people find you if they want to continue conversation with you or chat with you online about any and all things movies?
1: You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and letterbox.com under the alias Blackner magic. Um, you can find some of my reviews on feelingfilm.com and Victims and Villains. And if you want to come and personally chat, you can find me on Facebook under Coles Davis. I'm open and available to anybody.
0: All right. Sounds good, man. Well, thanks for being here and we will talk soon. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you.